welcome in. It's the Mostly Magic Podcast. Jake Chapman here with you Thursday, December 2nd. And my guest for the program this week needs no introduction. Pat Williams is my guest, the co-founder of the Magic Franchise, uh, prolific author, um, pioneer in the sports management and marketing world. And I guess with baseball pioneer, what, what do we call that? What, what are you doing with baseball? How would you put that on your resume, Pat? Well, Jake, first of all, it's nice to see you. Thank you for the invite. And uh, I guess we live in the world of Zooms these days. So we're just Zooming along here together. Just Zooming. Uh, I'm glad that you're doing well and uh, that your friendly face and voice is back here in Orlando where you belong. But uh, Jake, uh, let me just say this. Orlando is not the same Orlando that uh, you came to years ago. We're growing so fast. 1,500 people a week are moving to the greater Orlando area. 1,500 people a week. That's why you see all these construction sites. These people have to live somewhere, and uh, it's, it's, it's not going to end. So we're ready to, to add another major league sport here, and, and baseball is the logical one. Uh, we're the largest media market now without a major league baseball or football team. We're... We're now the 17th largest media market in the country, North America. It's unbelievable. That's and, and that's not going to stop. Uh, we're going to catch Denver soon. We're going to catch Detroit. Uh, we'll catch Minneapolis along the way here. We're, we're probably going to end up ca- catching Tampa Bay. It's fascinating. So we're ready to, to add another big league sport. And baseball, I think, is the logical one. Uh, how it's going to happen, one of two ways. You either move a team or you wait for expansion. And, and baseball has said they will expand uh, eventually. Uh, but I don't know when that eventually is going to be. You know, the, this, they've locked everything down now, you know, in their negotiation with the players. Yeah. That's going to slow things down. Uh, but we just have to be patient. And, um, and, and the market's going to keep growing. We're watching the St. Pete thing very closely. You know, they've got six years left on their lease. And um, they're talking about this two-city idea. You know, half the game's at home in Tampa, half up in Montreal. That's never going to get approved. And so we're, we're standing by, ready to move the Rays here, if that's what it takes. So it's going to be the next few years are going to be very interesting and very exciting. But Orlando's ready to expand its sports footprint. And uh, hopefully that we can pull this off. How, how do you start that process? Like, where do you start? Well, uh, we started way back, first of all. Um, is the county, is the city interested? Uh, that's where we started, you know, with uh, Mayor Demings, uh, Mayor Dyer. You know, we, we wanted them to be aboard and enthusiastic about this. Uh, then came the pandemic, uh, you know, which shut everything down for a while. But the resort tax, you know, you've got to get a piece of that resort tax money to build a ballpark. Uh, the, the price of ballparks these days with a, with a dome, a retractable dome, is about $1.2 billion. Um, so you're talking major dollars here. <clears throat> so you're going to have to get help from the county. You can't do it. Individually. Nobody, nobody's going to do that, I guess, in, unless you're Jeff Bezos. Uh, but uh, not a big baseball fan. 
Well, <laughs> know what he is, but uh, you you need a combination of public and private funding to get yeah. a ballpark. So that, that's number one, the location uh, of the ballpark. Uh, all I can tell you is this, Jake, that there's no land left downtown. Um, I mean, there's no, no land. You, you need at least 30 acres to, to build a big league ballpark, more if you can get it. Uh, but uh, there's no land downtown. Uh, we, we've, we've taken up every piece of land downtown has been built on. And so you're going to have to go outside the city limits. But that's okay because that's where uh, Orlando is moving. They sure. can't. You can do a little bit more downtown, but uh, there are going to be new downtowns popping up all over uh, the, the greater Orlando. It's just the way it is. And that's the trend. I mean, uh, Atlanta did the same thing, right? They're out in the burbs. Now they, they moved north and uh, where they could have land. And they've got a, an amazing complex up there, uh, hotels, and, uh, condos, and restaurants galore, and movie theaters. I mean, they've turned that into a whole, whole attraction up there. So to Quite do that, Pat, if 30 acres is, is, is probably not enough to, to, to build an entertainment district, which oftentimes if you're building a new facility, be it a stadium or arena, that's part of the part of the vision and the selling point. Right. You probably need more than 30 acres if you're going to build parking and, and an entertainment district around it. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, I see just a little note uh, that the Oakland A's, uh, who are flirting heavily with uh, Vegas, <clears throat> have come across a piece of acreage there in Vegas, 35 acres. <clears throat> I, I looked at that and said, yeah, that, that sounds about right, hmm. uh, if you can get that kind of acreage. So uh, we're, uh, we're working hard on that. And uh, the, the Rays have six years left on their lease, and they're going to have to do something. I mean, the clock is ticking, and so we're watching that very closely. And then, and then of course, I, I think when you look at Orlando compared to other potential expansion sites like Portland, like Nashville, not, it's not many. Uh, yeah. our, our numbers, Jake, are just so staggeringly better than those potential expansion cities. It's not even funny. And, uh, and it's not going to slow down. It's just going to keep going this way. We're, we're a, we've, we've become a big city, become a huge city. And uh, in the next 20 years, where is it all heading? I don't know. Are we, are we going to be Atlanta? Could be. It's not going to stop. So uh, it's exciting. If you like growth, if you like uh, development, um, you, this is your place. Uh, if you don't, well, go off in the woods somewhere, you know, and uh, it's Henry David Thoreau. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but we are just we're just expanding and growing. I I'm uh, I love it. I, I love to see growth. I love to see the airport be getting bigger, and I like I'm seeing the highways expanded and. and we, any people that don't like that, you know, I remember the old Orlando. That's what we've got to get back. Well, that's those days are long gone. Uh, well, we're uh, we're a big city. It's and it's funny too because you mentioned, you know, I moved out to Apopka recently, and so I've been sort of a little bit more 
I guess, exposed to some of the smaller towns with the winter gardens and downtown Ocoee's and places like that, that I just never, you know, when I lived in Maitland or closer to Altamont, closer to I-4, I just never ventured out that way. Mount Dora, for instance, um, is, is lovely. Um, and, and like you said, like those are, you know, those are becoming little cities on their own. And, and those are, you know, those have the capabilities of being urban cores eventually um, down the road. And, you know, they're small sort of suburban towns now, but um, eventually everything is going to be a downtown, a lot of those different places. Um, and it is, it's, I, I think it's fun to watch them grow. And I, I think you can get, you can get old Orlando if you want to, you don't have to go far to feel like you're, you've got a small town and that's, you know, when you have rapid growth like this, you end up sort of right on the border, you keep on going out and you just got to go a little bit further to get old Orlando if you want it. Um, and, and Jake, the one thing that we have going here. Uh, we could expand in, in all four directions. Right. <clears throat> Tampa can't do that because, you know, half half of their constituents <clears throat> are swimming around out in the Gulf of Mexico. Yep. And, and in Miami, they are surrounded by water on, on all sides. So they're limited in their growth. The only way where they can grow is north. And uh, we're, we're the one city that... Uh, can grow in all four directions. Uh, the beach and the Gulf are about an hour away on each side, but uh, there's there's a lot of room to build in the meantime. Tell me about so the anyway, <clears throat> we're working on baseball, Jake, and I I continue to write my most recent book it came out uh, this uh, past summer, um, Revolutionary Leadership. We uh, write about the key leaders during the Revolutionary War period. Nice. And how they led, and and what are the lessons we can learn from these great leaders that allowed us to have a country? We had no business beating the British, <clears throat> and they had better everything, <clears throat> except we had better leaders, <clears throat> and that's why our country came into existence. So we look at these men and women who led, and what they did, and what we can learn from them. So that's that's my latest writing. Uh, okay, let's do a quick aside because I, I want to come back to baseball. Um, but you've you piqued my interest. Give me an give me a revolutionary era leader who we don't talk about enough. Well, I, I would talk about uh, Nathaniel Green from Rhode Island, uh, who became very close to George Washington and, and Washington trusted him. And, and put Nathaniel Green in charge. When, when the British decided that they, they couldn't make any progress up north, they headed south and uh, began to maraud through the Carolinas and Georgia. And, uh, and, and, and Washington put Nathaniel Green in charge of the army in the south. And, and he did his job. He came through. Uh, I'm also a big Henry Knox fan. <clears throat> he was a young man <clears throat> at a bookstore in Boston but got caught up in the Revolutionary War fervor and, be, and presented himself to Washington. Washington put into good use. Uh, he, he became a, a key, key piece of the whole effort. And then when Washington um, uh, first became president, Henry Knox was in his original cabinet. And this was just a, a bookseller, you know, from Boston. Uh, I, 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 I'll tell you who else comes to mind, Lafayette, the, the youngster from France, who came over here with no introduction, 
uh, wanted to meet Washington and, and found his way to Washington up north. <coughs> and, and Washington um, basically adopted him. He, he became a key part of the war. And uh, <clears throat> later came back, you know, years later came back to do a tour. He was a hero. And so when, when we talk about um, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana and Lafayette, Indiana, and we talk about Fayetteville, Arkansas and Fayetteville, North Carolina, and we talk about Lafayette College up in Pennsylvania. Well, that's that's young Lafayette from France um, who, who uh, made such a mark that uh, his name is all over cities and counties and schools. And it's just remarkable. Uh, and this is just a young guy, very young, who came over on his own uh, wanting to be part of this. So we do a chapter on Lafayette. He's He's one of my heroes. The youngster from France. You described him like you would uh, uh, Tony Parker <laughs> or, or somebody <laughs> at the scouting report. I young, love it. young Lafayette, just just a, only a youngster. And uh, so that's that's the latest book. We're and I've got other books in the pipeline. So we're still working on that, Jake. I'm I'm very hopeful that the uh, speaking world's going to open up again. Uh, you that's know, everything been, that's that's been sidetracked, eh? I mean, I'm sure oh, with I'm sure the pandemic just threw a curveball in that whole big world. time, big time, just yeah. shut it down. And uh, nobody wanted to have live meetings. They're starting to come back. Uh, Ruth, who uh, is still is teaching for Franklin Covey, just came back from an event in Mexico. Uh, so that was encouraging that uh, we're starting to get some live meetings again. And uh and then the baseball effort. And I still, Jake, I still follow the magic closely, still live and die. It's been a lot of dying, but uh, uh, the win last night over Denver was uh, very much needed. We needed it. You, because you, you, every every couple of weeks you need, you got to refill your uh, your cup of faith, don't you? you no, know, <laughs> I, I guess it, it looks like it's a, a one win every two weeks. Something like but, that. Uh, but but savor them and and people ask me well what 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 what's what's happening here what's going on well I think what's going on is uh, is follow and root and uh, enjoy these youngsters you know enjoy Cole Anthony and what he's doing what how he's developing uh, see what Franz Wagner is doing you know it looks like he's the real deal. Um, uh, we, we all know Jalen Suggs, you know, is a talent and, and we're happy to have him. It's going to take a while for him. But um, and then the anticipation of following the what's what's this next draft hold. So when the decision was made last year, Jake, to strip it down yep. and and uh, and basically build from from the ground up, uh, it takes time to do that. That doesn't happen overnight. That That's a three or four year process. And uh, you've got to preach patience and, uh, and encourage fans to enjoy watching the development of young players. And, uh, and young players aren't ready to win right away. No. Uh, it takes, takes time for them, but we got a whole boatload of youngsters. And uh, we've got to see how, who, who, who are keepers, who are not. And... Um, and, and follow the draft. Keep your eyes on Chet Holmgren and uh, 
Hilo Panchero. <laughs> Dude, what a what a great name! Oh, boy. great name. A couple oh, we, good names. I don't know very many. How many chats? The, you can you can give me a chat. Wasn't there one chat back in the day? Uh, a good one, an NBA legend or no? Well, well you got uh, you if if you go way back uh, to the fifties, uh, there was a, a little guard at Columbia, Chet Forte, who then went into the television business. Love it. Um, we we've got uh, Chet Walker, one of my favorite players with the six. Then I think that's who I was thinking of, Chet Walker. We, we we traded for him in Chicago. He's still living. I'm still in touch with Chet. Chet Walker, and uh, it's a good name. Chet. It's a, it's a very strong name. Um, Chet. Chet Chapman. That that, that that might be good for, uh, for, for for the son if I ever have one. Yeah, I like Chet. I like Chuck. I like I Chuck. Yeah, the good, uh, strong, shortened sort of a uh, guttural names. Do you think college basketball has done a good job? I, I was thinking the other day about how it was a very precarious sort of decade, I guess, for that sport um, with the one and done. And I guess just it, it felt like there weren't we didn't have the big names in the big programs anymore. It felt like it was it was more based on the coaches were the bigger personalities. And I feel like at the very least, they've done a great job in the last few years of giving us these matchups early on in the season. Duke and Gonzaga in some, you know, we don't even know what tournament they're playing in anymore. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the Atlantis or whatever. And, but I feel like we're in a situation now where at the very least you're gaining some, some eyeballs and some ears early on in the season. And it's not just wake me in March uh, or wake me for the conference tournaments before March. Um, it, it feels like college basketball is in a better place than maybe it was five years ago. Well, uh, Jake, I, I'm I'm with you on this, and I saw Mark View's quote uh, that he encourages college basketball coaches to play top teams early, yeah, uh, rather than wait till March when when you have all the exciting matchups. Uh, why not do it now? So I I was pleased with that Duke uh, Gonzaga game in Vegas. It was like a heavyweight uh, fight. Yeah, I mean it was a mega event. And a terrific game, and I think that did a lot for college basketball. I love the, <clears throat> I love the ACC Big Ten matchup, and then you've got the SEC and the Big Twelve. I, <clears throat> these are fascinating matchups early, <clears throat> and we get to see you know some really good college basketball. So um, I, I'm a college basketball fan, Jake. I always have been. I enjoy. Uh, following it and getting a look at the youngsters and seeing the matchups. And I'm so encouraged uh, that my alma mater, Wake Forest, finally, well, let, let's not even talk about football. Yeah. What a year they've had. And they, they play Pittsburgh this weekend for the ACC title, but their basketball program, which has been so down, well, you look up, they're seven and one. Uh, they just they knocked off Northwestern in the, in this tournament, and uh, so there's uh, encouragement there. I've been I'm enjoying watching my old Demon Deacons. You know what I love about you when if you Google Pat Williams, the first thing it describes you as a baseball player first. It says Pat Williams baseball player, and then there's all the other things that you've accomplished. But that, I love that about you. Well, I, I, people ask about my life, and and. Uh, I have uh, I have a few things that I'm passionate about. I have many things I'm not passionate about, <laughs> and and I've learned stay with the things you're passionate about, 
I'm passionate about reading and writing and speaking. I'm passionate about the NBA and Major League Baseball. Um, I'm not passionate about golf. Uh, I'm not passionate about fishing. Uh, I'm not passionate about stamp collecting. Uh, I'm passionate about my big family, you know, so stay close to those things that you have passion about and, and don't do things just because you're expected to do it or people want you to do it. You, you follow your own heart and, uh, and stay very close to those things that are important to you, that you have great zeal for, that you have great energy for. And, um, and, and, and pack them in and you, you can get a lot done in 16 hours a day, Jake, assuming you, you sleep for eight. Uh, I need eight hours and uh, many people don't, although they, they do. Um, and then those 16 hours, you, you uh, pour them into the things that are important to you. You know, I think that's a great point because I, I, I was going to ask you what, and I know you never will, but what would complete retirement for Pat look like? And I think it would look similar to what you're doing now, right? I mean, you would still be doing the things that you're passionate about because you're, there is no retire when you do what you do, because what you do, they're all labors of love. They're all things that you're passionate about. You read, you That's, write, you speak. Yes. Right? So as I'm doing now, <clears throat> I guess what you do in retirement, uh, try and bring a major league baseball team to Orlando <laughs> and <clears throat> write two or three books a, a year and uh, give uh, a couple of dozen speeches a year, and, and you do in retirement. <laughs> go to go to grandkids. I've got a I've got a our thirteen year old grandson has a, a basketball game tonight at five thirty, and then Jake the big one, the big one tonight at eight o'clock live on NBC. Annie, the Broadway show. Uh, you the sun will come out tomorrow that's that's well you've you've got that circled so annie eight o'clock tonight oh, gotta gotta see annie <clears throat> so uh so th those things that are important to you uh, plug in jake i'll tell you one other thing that's going on um from the time i was seven years old i i was a book collector uh initially just baseball books sports books but that's continued my whole life and uh, finally, it got to the point, Mrs. Williams said that, that these books are, are overwhelming this house, uh, that something's got to be done here. So I found a spot in the Pat Williams Leadership Library is going to open soon. Uh, and, uh, we found this wonderful spot at our church, First Baptist Orlando, and, and they've, uh, they've established this lab library. All of my books have found a home. Cool. They didn't get thrown out. They didn't get sold in, in the yard sales. They're all there. And, uh, and this library will never stop growing. Uh, there are about 30,000 books there. Wow. And uh, we're going to have an opening for the, for the media and uh, show it off here after the first of the year. Uh, but that's another thing that's got me uh, consumed here. The, the, at Williams Leadership Library is about to open. What's the so, last? What's the, what are you reading right now? Uh, Jake, I'm reading John Feinstein's new book. Uh, the, uh, the celebrated author, uh, John Feinstein, has written a book about race relationships hmm. in sports. Uh, so I'm, I'm deeply immersed into that book. And uh, I just finished reading Katie Couric's memoirs. Oh, I uh, heard that was a 
I heard there oh, were some whoppers in there. Yeah, it's a it's a terrific read though. She's got a, a nice sense of humor and yeah, she's sharp. And, and she's a good one. I'm a Katie Couric fan, but 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 she, her book is 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 really interesting reading. I had, had uh, well, it just I just flew through that book. It was uh, such so interesting to read. And uh, I'm only about 700 books behind in my reading, Jake. Um, you know, they're just stacked up here all over this room of mine, and I'm I'm digging through them. But the problem is, new books keep coming. And I have a tendency to invest myself and plow into the new books. And that upsets the books that have been in this room for a long time. I hear them talking at night. When's he going to read me? I've been sitting for years and I don't even get a touch. He went to Barnes and Noble and now he's got, and they, they get read first. It's not fair. And they just. That's what the library is for, Pat. I mean, as soon as they move to the leadership library, somebody will read them, I would think. Well, but I think when they get to the leadership library, Jake, uh, they're going to have a visit, a very visible platform and uh, they're going to be admired and awed over and Googled over. And so uh, it, it's going to get, we're, we're going to get it ironed out here. What, when you, let's go back to baseball, because I did want to ask you just comparing the processes going back to 85, 86 and getting the magic compared to what it is now. I would think there's a book in there because what are, I, I think what it probably illustrates is what sports has become. And we're, and we're not talking about sports when you started, we're talking about sports in the David Stern era for crying out loud. So it wasn't that far. <laughs> it's not that far removed from where we are, but even still, I would think in that 30, 35 years or whatever, um, I mean, it's, it, it's a completely different world. And I realize it's all based on the money roughly. Um, but, but how else, how else is it different? The process of trying to get a franchise, but then just, I would think there's just so much more, so much more to do. It's it's got to be like an insurmountable um, feeling, sort of a task. Well, Jake, just go back uh, thirty five years ago uh, when the NBA was uh, mulling over this whole idea of expansion, and they found a bunch of cities that were really interested, and so they they jacked up the expansion fee when they saw this fervor to get into the league. They they met behind closed doors and said, we're going to charge those guys $32.5 million of franchise. 32.5. And uh, we were horrified. How can they do that? I mean, that they, they, they're absolutely gouging. 32.5 million. Max Scherzer is going to make that next year before, before the summer gets over. <laughs> Well, Jake, here, here's the story. Um, the, the rumored expansion fee, and we don't know quite what it is, but it could be uh, it could be probably over a billion dollars, an expansion fee, well over. So there you go. That's it right there. NBA teams, well, we know that the Clippers, we know Houston sold for over $2 billion. And, 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 and you talk about timing. Jake, if we had not gotten in in 1989 at that fee, you know, we, we wouldn't have a team today. Timing is everything. Yep. 
and 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 the cost now is is so and and teams teams don't move uh they're rarely sold and and so our timing oh boy i mean it was right on the money and and, and if we had been off a week or two you know when we started in june of 86 because by September of 86, the NBA was beginning to look at these four candidates under the microscope. And if, we're, and if we hadn't gotten in when we did, we'd have been too late. It was that quick, huh? June to September? It was that quick. Wow. Then, and then the decision was made 10 months later in April of 87. And, that was, decided, and you already had all the season tickets uh, yes. petition signed by that point. And they took all four of us. They took Miami. Charlotte, Orlando, and Minnesota. Um, Charlotte and Miami came in in 88, and we came in the next year in 89. Uh, I remember being upset. I, I want to, you know, not get that first thing. Miami's coming in before us. Hitting Miami. Um, but as it turns out, it was a blessing because Miami had, for example, they had to rush their building. Yep. And within a year, it was starting to fall apart. We had time to really build <clears throat> the right way, put our team, our front office together to get scouting prepared and so forth. So, so this is baseball. Just is well. I, I would put it this way, Jake. This this would be the second biggest thing to hit here as, as to, to Disney. That's how I would put it. Now, you could argue universal and so forth, but uh, the arrival of a Major League Baseball team, and what, what it would bring, I would put it right up there with the arrival of Disney. It's just, just going to be a huge, huge venture if we can pull this off. Where are we talking? Tell me about the site. The strike? The site. Oh, Jake, it's got it. The best site is, is going to be out there. Oh, I, I, I'd say in this SeaWorld area. Yeah. Uh, if you could find a spot halfway between Disney and, and Universal, they're about 12 miles apart. SeaWorld's at about the six-mile mark. Uh, you know, somewhere close to iDrive. Yeah. Somewhere close to the convention center. And uh, boy, it seems to me uh, you've got uh, what did we have before the pandemic? We had like seventy-eight million visitors that year. I think that was what two nineteen two thousand nineteen. Seventy-eight million visitors, and that number uh, eventually will come back. It'll be sure. up close to it's going to be up close to a hundred million visitors. If two percent of them decide to go to a ball game one night over the course of the season. Two percent. What's two percent of a hundred million? Is that two? Is that two million? Two million. It's a lot of people. I mean, that, and that, a lot that, of hot dogs. That doesn't seem to me to be a real reach, and that doesn't take in Jake your norm your normal exactly. fans. I I I could see it. I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that you could draw three million people. And do you know how many teams the year before, the last good year of baseball, do you know how many teams drew over 3 million out Probably of 30? Hand, maybe six. a handful. Six. Yeah. So when you get to that 3 million mark, you're, you're talking 
high cotton, so to speak. And I, I think that's what we're capable of doing uh, without a stretch. And, and um, the ballpark, the ballpark would have to be a, a tourist attraction unto itself. Right. Uh, where, where people uh, from around the world say, uh, boy, we got we to gotta plug a, at least a half a day to go visit Dreamland Field. I mean, even if there's not a game. Jake, we, we got a nickname. We're the Orlando Dreamers. And you've got to have, you've got to have a, uh, <clears throat> I think, you've got to have a name, nickname that makes sense. That's it, part of your community. Like the magic made good sense. Yeah. You know, the magic of Orlando, the uh, Disney magic and Shamu magic and golf courses and fresh orange juice and spring training, you know, the magic of, I think the name worked. I think it still worked. So then how do you, well, what's another name? And the thinking was, what was Walt Disney when he came here and, and, and visited in 1963? He's a dreamer. And, and, and what was Arnold Palmer back then, you know, when he came here? Well, Walt Disney had big dreams for this area and, and Arnold Palmer had big golf dreams. And Jimmy Hewitt, when he tapped me on the shoulder and said, come down, head this up. And uh, Jimmy uh, had, had big basketball dreams for this community. And he, he sold me on it. And, and, and these 1,500 people a week who are moving here, Jake, I think they come with big dreams. I think they come with big dreams. So I think, I think dream, and, and you know, the, uh, what, what's the classic picture of baseball? Well, it's a little kid his uniform on and a bat over his shoulder and he's looking and he's got dreams that he's going to be a big league ball player. Uh, I, I think, I think it's the right name. I think it captures who we are as a community. Um, I, I agree. I think it's, yeah, I mean, there's the, the field of dreams tie, obviously. Here you go. Um, and then so and baseball then, and dreams just seem to go together. Don't yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a, there's like a mystical sense um, to, yes. to baseball and to, to the history. Um, the idea of a ballpark that's, that is an attraction in and of itself. Now you're speaking the Pat Williams language, because I could see that sort of tickling your, um, your, your creative bone. I mean, you were one of the fathers of sports marketing for crying out loud. And so the idea of having the sport, but then having the, this whole separate entity that you're going to get people through the turnstiles just to see, you know, and I'm not thinking what they did in Miami. Like that's, that's cute. That's, that's, that's an art sort of, I'm thinking an amusement park with a baseball game in the middle. Is that, is that, is that where you are? Yeah, I think, I think so. I, I would say Jake, if we could present baseball uh, with a, with a combination of PT Barnum, Walt Disney, and Bill Vex. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, if you could if you could present baseball with a mixture of those minds and so forth and uh, and, and, and present it in that fashion, I think I think it would be memorable. I think it would be. And uh, every night. Um, well, let, let me put it this this way to you. Um, in a nine-inning game, that means 18 half innings. So that means 18 two-minute shows a night. 
um, to the point that, uh, you know, it's the seventh inning and the mom and dad want to go home and, and Junior is saying, no, 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 no. There, there's still three more shows, <laughs> you know. Now, what are those shows? That, that's the challenge. Uh, <sighs> two, you got two minutes between innings. And, and, and now it comes the creative part. Uh, how do you do that? And how do you get the creative minds just absolutely cranking? Uh, they're all over this community. Yes, they are. And ha- and how do you find the, the top creative sports minds in the country and, and start picking away at them? Well, your Rolodex, I think, is probably a, a good place to start. Well, we've got we, we've got that. We're, we're doing all this legwork uh, quietly, um, you know, under 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 cover. You know, we've got to be a little bit careful here. Um but we're monitoring very closely the race situation. And um, they have six years left on that lease. And Jake, they're trying, they've been trying to get a ballpark built over there for 13 years. I know. And it hasn't happened. Do and you so think, if, would, they, would fans come that far, do you think? What, over here? Yeah. For, from there. Well, Jake, listen, if, 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 if you if get from the east side of Tampa, down to the ballpark in the middle of St. Pete is, is a nasty, hour, right? tough or, trip. Yeah. Tough trip. You got to at least allow at least an hour. Um, but from the east side of Tampa to where this ballpark might be. Similar. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's about an hour. Maybe it's a lot it's easier. It's an easier drive. drive. Yeah. Easier to get from East Tampa to dreamland field than it right. is to get to the trop. So I, I think, and, and, and here's the other thought, Orlando and Tampa eventually are going to merge. Right. And so if you, have, if you have football and hockey in Tampa and basketball and baseball in Orlando, uh, soccer probably in both cities, but, but, but maybe that's the best of all worlds. Maybe that's the best of all worlds. I, I'm thinking about the, the, the raised terrific struggle to draw over there maybe maybe a third team they have football they have hockey a, a community i think can only handle so many sports and um and and that's why we can handle a second one here second but the, major but the idea of putting it in the middle that doesn't make a lot of sense right now you're oh, you mean the middle like lakeland like lakeland yeah no no, that's, no that's, because now you're now you're you're sort of losing the strength of both both sides, right? Right. Yeah, that that wouldn't work. Yeah. And, and so plus, plus <clears throat> their county resort tax doesn't generate that kind of money. Right. We're, we're the only county that does. In our good years, I think we're talking away about 30 million a month, Gosh. you know, for, from from the from the resort tax. That's how, Jake, that's how the Amway got built. Yeah. That's how the whole Dr. Phillips uh, uh, theater did that. That got built. Citrus Bowl, count on me. I remember. I remember Citrus the Citrus Bowl. That, that's how that got built. And um, and and the, the massive convention center, and and the and the continued additions to the uh, that's all through the resort tax, and and uh, and that keeps us in the hunt in the whole convention world. You know, we battle back and forth with Vegas. 
Uh, Chicago's in there, but we're we're uh, we're a dominant force in the convention world, and we got to stay there. That's what fuels hotels and air, airlines and rental cars and restaurants. So that's got to stay healthy. And uh, so it, it, it's fascinating all this, how the, all this is, is growing and working. Uh, but we're ready to be a major league baseball city. So Jake, we've sent, we send people up to the website, orlandodreamers.com, orlandodreamers.com, just to check in. Uh, let us hear from you. What are your thoughts? Want season tickets, perhaps? Um, we'd like to hear from you, orlandodreamers.com. But uh, we're, ready to, we're ready to be a baseball city and a basketball city. Soccer has its niche. Uh, and, and, and we welcome the Wilf family sure. uh, who, bought, who bought the soccer team. You know, they own the Vikings and uh, they're major players up in New Jersey and all. But to have them now part of the Orlando sports community is a big deal. That's a big plus. Mark Wilf is, heads that up. Terrific guy. And uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have them involved in, in sports in Orlando. And Jake, here's one for you. You know what? You know, the sport that I've really become intrigued with? Lacrosse. Uh, rugby. Rugby. Yeah, I've become intrigued with rugby. And, and there's, a, there's a league, a Major League Rugby. They have, I think, 13 franchises. They want to get into Florida. Huh. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with rugby. You know, we get the, we get the, the holiday takers, you know, the, the English and Irish uh, people coming over on vacation. I would think there's, there's some sort of a tie there. Yeah, I would think. Uh, but boy, it's a nonstop action. It, 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 it makes soccer look absolutely boring. Uh, because it, it never never stops, never lets up. It's a combination of football and soccer, I guess, and basketball and yeah. hockey and whatever it is all merged together. Uh, they don't wear equipment. They, they just go out there and pound on each other. Just scrum. They just scrum. Yeah, the scrum <laughs> on, on the pitch. You know, I. So I'm 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 just kind of intrigued with rugby. Oh, you are, I've never met somebody who is more of a lifelong learner than you. I mean, it's, it's just every day, it seems like something new intrigues you. And that's the, today I'm into rugby. I mean, that's it. it, it I'm not shocked at all to hear that, Pat. And Jake there, is, you mentioned lacrosse, but there, I, what did I read today? There, there's a major league uh, lacrosse league. Um, I, I think, I think it, I think it's indoors. Um, but but uh, just let, let, let's chew on that rugby thing for a little bit. All right, all right. I'll file it away. Yeah, see, just 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 chew on that for a little while. Um, um, so can I get a tour of the site? Is that do we? Is there a site to tour? Are you gonna? Will you show Jake, me around? Listen, Jake. You you let me know. I'll put you in my car, uh, quietly, silently, and I'll give you I'll give you a whole rundown. That sounds so, good. Yeah. Only for the privilege, but you, Only for the privilege. you give me a shout and uh, I'll take you with your beautiful new hairdo <laughs> right on the side. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> um, this has been a treat. I, you know, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, I miss talking Thank to you me. for hours. 
we've almost talked an hour. It's been about 51 minutes, I think, based on, uh, my, based on my okay. timer. It went quick. It always does. Um, Pat Williams, you- OrlandoDreamers.com. OrlandoDreamers.com. Keep rooting for your magic. Um, keep rooting for, keep following the youngsters. Keep your eye on Cole Anthony, how he develops. And, and, and I think we've got to be encouraged with Franz Wagner. Uh, boy, he, he looks like a keeper. You know, he's had a few games where he, but, but by and large, and, and his brother's pretty darn good. I love his brother. That's my type. Mo is my type of player. Yeah. The, the, the brothers are, I mean, that's quite a story. Yeah. And, and when here's one for you. When was the last time two brothers played on the same team? Well, there's there are so many brothers in the league right now, Pat. Um, but I'm saying oh, the, well, the, the Atetokounmpo's are on the same team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, the, and there's the holidays, which I don't remember if either of them, if they were on the same team. But it's it's crazy now. And somebody like you would probably pick up on this. You know, everybody's got a son. Winston Garland's son is over here, and everybody there's juniors all over the place, and thirds, and um, and and brothers. It's it's pretty interesting to watch, and especially it makes me start to feel old when the guys that I grew up on now there's kids. You know, Gary Payton's son and Scotty Pippen's son. They're all over the place. That's right. Um, that's right. But but no, that's a it's a, a, a good bloodline. The Wagner's there. I mean, <laughs> you don't because you, you often don't see it from from overseas guys, you know, I mean, there's the Atetokounmpo's and if you look at Jokic's brothers, I don't think those guys are playing any basketball anytime soon. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're threatening. (laughs) They're posse members. Um, All right. It's, this has been a pleasure as always. Um, OrlandoDreamers.com revolutionary leadership. Um, Henry Knox. You've covered that. If, if any of your, uh, listeners want to reach out to me. My email is pwilliams at patwilliams.com. Pwilliams at patwilliams.com. So there I always like to hear from your uh, constituents, Jake. So uh, give me a holler. Nice, um, to, nice to be nice to visit with you. Likewise. Likewise. He's Pat Williams. Jake Chapman here with you. This has been another edition of the Mostly Magic Podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, be safe, everybody. <laughs>